In this episode of the Learning As We Go podcast, we discuss flexibility in general terms. How do we define flexibility and how did we each get interested in it? As well as several comparisons or similarities between flexibility training and strength training. Hope you enjoyed the episode and if you do, please leave us a positive review or maybe even share it with a friend. Thank you. Hello, Miguel. <laughs> Hello, Andres. <laughs> and again, start laughing like always. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, I'm, as I was telling you before we start recording, I feel like I'm still recovering from the intensive weeks of the intensives that I was away. So my, I feel my face is heavier, my skin is hanging in my face, and like a bit mushing my brain. But I have a coffee with me. I have energy yeah. because we have a great topic today. So I think it's gonna be just fine. How are you? Yeah, that, very much the same actually. I'm not recovering from an intensive, but I am um, recovering just from getting back to uh, to work full time without getting optimal sleep because that's that's a dead life sometimes. That's a dead and, life. Um, yeah, writing a shitload of programs these days just. Like getting back to things. Mm -hmm. It's actually been it's been tough getting uh, getting back to so much screen time, just sitting and staring into the computer. Oh yeah, okay. I can I can feel that uh, that takes some time getting used to again for my eyes and my head. You feel it like on literally on your eyes? Uh, not not so bad, but I uh, I've been getting a few like mild headaches. Okay. Which I don't yeah. usually do. I think it does make sense. Yeah, but I think also the combination of suboptimal sleep and a lot of screen time is um, mm, not ideal. And also lots of coffee. That's also yeah. Like, put it in the mix. Yeah, that also can maybe not it's help a great with combination. The <laughs> maybe, but also like not drinking coffee at all when you're basically addicted is also uh, yeah, yeah. That also doesn't help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's really so it's really crazy when while Clara was recovering, my partner from her concussion, which which uh, I think we talked about this in the podcast before. Yeah. Have we? Yeah, right? Maybe. Well, my partner is recovering from a concussion. It's been six yeah. months in the process. So, uh, of course, screen time was super hard and challenging for her, which started making me aware of my screen time. And at some point is realizing like how much our eyes are just like processing information through screens. It's kind of scary if you like really like my work is basically based on screens. <laughs> So I spend so much time. And then, of course, you know, you, you hang out with your phone a little bit here and there and consume content. So it's, uh, yeah. it's really, yeah, it's really crazy when you consider the amount. But this Go is ahead. not the topic for today. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yes, and we decided to, to keep the introduction short and let's see how, how well we managed to do on that. We're, we're, yeah, we're, I'm, I'm helping with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But when we started talking, before we started recording, we were both, I mean, we were happy to speak to each other, of course, energized by that, but both a little bit, uh, like, suboptimal brain-wise, <laughs> let's call it yeah. that. Yeah. But then talking about the topic, it was like, okay, I'm ready for this. Yeah. Should we say what the topic is before, because yeah, like yeah, we're, the, we've I, like, kind of like, kind of mentioned it twice or three times without saying what it is, and that is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, but when the episode is out, it's going to be part of the introduction anyway. So it's, yeah, oh, that's I don't true. think it's that's going to be a secret. True. That's true. Hey, I'm forgetting things. We have an introduction before. That's true. Yeah, yeah, we have. Yeah, we're going to be talking about flexibility. Woo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, about like how we got started, some myths and misunderstandings, um, and maybe also just getting a little bit into how to get started. Which is great because it's the first time we dive into flexibility in the podcast. So exactly. it's gonna be super nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, before before we go into this, I was I just about to start asking questions about it, but no, let's. So, what have you learned since two days ago that we recorded the previous <laughs> episode, Mikkel? <laughs> Man, Andres, my my world has been turned upside down. <laughs> Mind blown. Wow. Um. 
No, not, not much, to be honest. And uh, <laughs> I, I thought of something just before we started recording, but... Um, you forgot. But I think you should start with this one. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, so I was... Uh, we were talking about, like, yeah, something that uh, I, I faced for the first time in regards to communication with clients. Um, I guess the lesson I got from it, so very, very briefly, just to, to not give so many details, I guess, is that um, a client asked me to modify our agreement in a specific way, and it's in a way that I haven't considered offering my services until now. Um, just because I'm restarting uh, coaching, so I'm building my systems as I go, learning as we go. And I guess the lesson here is that um, just say, like I'm thinking from the point of view of people that want to have things like you know everything set and ready for conversations and when you're talking with your clients and maybe it's like a discovery call or a negotiation um, I don't think you should be ready for absolutely everything and have a plan and just like that honesty um, works quite well in those situations where they, they ask you something that you didn't prepare for for example and just uh, toning down the let's be strategic about this and how can I make the best uh, business-wise decision and just being a bit more honest. People really like this and then it opens the doors for a conversation where you find a middle ground that works for both parties. Yeah. So I guess that's my lesson. Don't be afraid of being honest. Um, of course, making sense and, and <laughs> having in consideration the context of the conversation and, yeah, and being of course. professional. Yeah, be, be honest, but you don't always have to disclose everything. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I don't. Not that I can think of anything that you need to keep secret, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Awesome, man. Good lesson. Thank you. And uh, I mean, some good points. Coaching is a people's game. Yeah, but, um, really, yeah. really. And this, this again, could be. I'm actually gonna write this right now in our in our notes because I think this could be a huge conversation. Yeah, definitely. In terms yeah, of communication. I thought of my, my thing as well. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I've been um, I've been moving my online clients over to the True Coach app. It's just an app for writing programs, which is super nice. I think when you're uh, coaching people in things like handstands and flexibility, because it's really easy to get an overview of the things they're doing and really easy to give feedback, uh -huh. especially once you start to have a few clients. It's super nice to have this one. Um, so um, my lesson is just that, uh, I mean, building bridges is super nice, but um, it takes more energy than just uh, initially than just swimming across the lake, you could say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's also why why the program writing has taken so long. It's because I'm right, moving everything to to this platform, but I can now already start to 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 see some of the benefits. Uh, yeah, both in regards to how easy it is to yeah process this existing clients, and also mm -hmm. it's going to be really got to be started start reaping the rewards time wise when it comes to updating clients programs and also um, subscribing new ones. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's also exciting um, when you when you have a new project, um, it can be intense while you're at it. But this idea of like advancing in your business while while going through cycles of different projects, then suddenly you arrive at a much better place after months where, you know, it gives this this like how to say like this dynamism to, to the to the work which is not always the same and you work in something specific for a period of time and then you move to work in something else and then yeah. suddenly after after a period of time your business looks quite different from yeah from how it looked before it's yeah. quite nice with with these things like working on your website changing your videos adding new descriptions and these things that work like with big that, that require a lot of work let's say yeah and I think I'm, I'm especially like searching for these things where I can do things more time efficiently without mm -hmm. compromising quality of what I'm yeah. offering. Yeah, that's super good. And I think the, the True Coach app is is really helpful for actually improving the quality while also allowing me to save some time. So so win win. Yeah. 
Only downside is it costs money, but uh, it's all right. Yeah. yeah, but it's quite cost effective. I mean, for like yeah. if thinking about how many more clients you can have when you optimize your systems, then then it is like it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So I guess cool. I guess that's what's brewing for you as well. Exactly. Lots of programs, lots of uh, new videos, maybe, and changing things up there into True Coach. Yeah, a few new clients. It's going to be the same next week. But it's cool getting back to work and just having like, okay, I have a full day working at home, mm -hmm. and and I'm busy because I have like lots of exciting things to do. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Sometimes it's nice when you have a lot of things to do. If you manage to not get overwhelmed. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's also all extra. right now because I'm just getting back. I mean, I'm mm. ready to, to yeah. get started. Ask me in a month if I'm still working <laughs> at the same pace. I'm, yeah, I might be hating my life, but uh, let's see. <laughs> the the plan is to not be working as hard in a, in a month, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Makes sense. But should we dive into today's topic, Andres? Uh, sure. Um, let's go for it. Look at that, we just a new record it was like, what, 10 minutes in the intro? Wow, we're so good Incredible. at this. Incredible. All right, um, so, so topic, flexibility. So should we maybe, um, should, we, should we define it first or just go straight into how we each got started? I was just thinking about it, like, because we, we put the order wrong or the other way around in the notes let's let's just start with like what what do we understand for flexibility yeah mm -hmm. do you want to give us a little a little intro <laughs> yes <laughs> uh, well flexibility i like to just have this simple uh, relatively simple and <laughs> uh, like it's basically overall of flexibility is is the uh, range of motion in a joint or a group of joints basically okay. so the movement capabilities you have available uh -huh. Uh -huh. yeah so the degrees of freedom you have you could say yeah that's a nice one so like thinking in less biomechanical terms i'm more like someone that has no idea about any anatomical terms basically how much you can move your joints around maybe your arms and legs yeah I mean that definition of course has a lot of holes and and <laughs> but basically yeah how much can you like bring your hands overhead uh, how much you can bend your spine how much you can uh, bend over bend backwards sideways open your legs in different yeah. directions how, how much you can move in in different directions basically mm -hmm. exactly but i also like this 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 definition because it it um, it opens up a little bit for the possibility that you can be very flexible in some parts of your body and still uh -huh. be very inflexible in other parts of your body. Yeah, which is a good point. A lot of people see it as an absolute, either you are flexible or you yeah. are not. But it's it's the same thing when you talk about people being strong, like how strong uh -huh. are you? It's like, okay, and how do we measure it? Do you mean my yeah. bench press or, yeah. Or do you mean how many, how many handstand pushups I can do? What's, <laughs> what, how, how are we measuring it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess it's this simplistic uh, tendency that, that, I don't know, humans tend to see the world and we try to simplify everything into absolutes, yeah. yes or no, black or white. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, I agree a lot with this definition. I guess, I guess then maybe it's important to mention other terms that people use to define the same thing, different labels, flexibility, mobility, yeah. what, what can be, what do we understand that them as something different from each other or what do you think as mobility or do you use this word or yeah well I mean, tell me yeah. <laughs> i mean my my instagram feed my social media feed has been filled at times with people who are arguing heatedly about mm. what that should be called flexibility or mobility and yeah. what, what they they mean and i mean there are some who advocate for mobility being basically active flexibility, how far you can move your joints uh, while using your own muscles to kind of move them into, into the positions. Yeah. So not passively and relaxing into position like passive stretching, 
but mm-hmm. actively using your own muscles to pull yourself into positions or yeah. lift your limbs into different positions. So like that's the capacity of we controlling the flexibility you have, no? Yeah, that would also be like active flexibility would, would cover the scene to him. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't have the strongest opinion about this, uh, but I, I mean, if I had to take a standpoint, then I would prefer the flexibility definitions. Um, not the biggest fan of mobility, but I think it's also because I have uh, you know, a, a background in sports science and in the literature, mobility is, is used to refer to the, the ability to move around. Like in elderly people, if you have mm. a low level of mobility, you're not, you don't have a high uh, ability to move around and get yeah. around in the world, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's in the general sense of moving your body, not specifically related to yeah, flexibility. Yeah, more like moving right? through space, not yeah. moving into crazy positions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess here is where I mean, one of the biggest issues with all of these terms, when we talk about theory of training or strength training, uh, skill training and stuff like this, is that there is there is not a body of our organization internationally that defines these things that we all agree on what they are. It's not like there's no scientific method, right? Like meters, we all know what a meter is and we all agree, so then we can use the term or speed and all of these things. So there's different organizations that have their own variation of the same labels, and then is when things can get a bit messy. Yeah, but I actually think in regards to flexibility and mobility, I think the scientific literature like points in a specific direction. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you won't really find a lot of it. If you search mobility, you won't find the flexibility research where actually measuring like how far you can get into a position. Yeah. Um, at least I've... I've I've not found a lot of that, and as part of my uh, as my master thesis, I I did a somewhat extensive uh, uh-huh. search for literature, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's the thing. Where in research uh, or scientific papers, there's somewhat consensus with with what these terms mean. But then in the general, in the real world, where there's lots of personal trainers, coaches, teachers of different yeah. movement skills. Uh, then thing is when things get very messy and in the in the time that we live now we're in instagram there's a lot of people that claim to know a lot <laughs> and they very strongly define things and and defend certain things is where i guess for most of the regular people things can get a bit complicated to understand yeah but you know like for me i think the the for me it's not so important what the label means where uh, as long as we understand what is the goal that the client wants what what do you want to pursue and that we have methods um acknowledge on how to achieve these things whether you want to call it flexibility mobility or range of motion it's not going to change the fact that if you are a martial artist you want to just bring your leg up and hold it there maybe or have this ballistic way of throwing the leg around yeah um which i think is the the most important thing I think that's why for me it's a bit, sometimes it, I, I find it so silly when people are like arguing to try to define and identify these things super precisely and yeah, I don't know. Do you have thoughts about that? Um, I can see some pros and cons. I mean, if we could just all agree, everybody in the world, it would make our discussions like uh, more nuanced, I think, or more clear. Uh-huh easier to understand each other but i also think it's like for example if i have a client who refers to it as mobility i'm not gonna be like actually Actually. (laughs) (laughs) yeah Um, but but usually (laughs) i just won't use the term because i think the other way of defining it is is a bit more precise Uh but you could also argue that some of but that's going to be a whole different uh, discussion but, but maybe that like the way that flexibility is defined in literature it might could also like be even more nuanced possibly. Mm, yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean I think we, we cover in general what, what we talk about when we talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Basically and I can also, if if anybody wants to get even further into the flexibility and mobility discussion, I can also um, recommend Dan Van Sand or Flexibility Research on Instagram. He did a whole podcast episode. I think it's a podcast called Flexibility Focus. Just about this discussion. Yeah. 
but I would also say that he's very much from the standpoint of like it's flexibility and mobility is yeah. wrong. Yeah, very very yeah. very scientifically based also. Yeah, type of content for sure. Cool. But um, how did you get into flexibility as a practitioner in this? I mean, wh why would yeah. you even want to pursue this quality? I think I, I can remember an exam moment in time where I was like, oh, what is this? I want to get better at this and learn about this because <clears throat> one of my um, physical activity backgrounds uh, was to do Taekwondo, which I practiced for around 10 years. So I started when I was was I 12 or 14 or something like that? So of course, back then I was like, I, I, you know, I just went, joined this thing and start training. And it was part of the training that we stretched. And now looking back, you know, the coach used very traditional methods without much foundation in theory of training in general or these type of things. He learned from his master and, you know, these type yeah. of things. Very martial arts, traditional type of like passing knowledge way of, of, of evolving. Um, so yeah, I trained like that for a long time. And of course then I got interested in, because I just wanted to get more flexible. So, um, I was never super active in trying to find information in how to do it better because I was finding progress with what we were doing. Um, so I was never focusedly active on that, uh, on that search. And then once I started studying sports science, um, Definitely, I got super interested, especially because we were receiving very, very little content in that area in the Bachelor. And I don't know how it is nowadays in, I guess, of course, in different countries, maybe there's different uh, curriculums and, and the, the material they use is different. But this, when I started, was already, is it already 10 years ago? Eight years ago, at least. Um, and I think the research has evolved a lot since then in terms of yeah. uh, consensus in methodologies and, and this type of thing. So there was not much around. So when I did my thesis for the bachelor, um, the body of knowledge I could find to do my, uh, yeah, my systematic research, my peer research was, I mean, I found very general things. So it was nothing really super specific, but it was what I could do back then. Uh, and then since then, I've always been very interested. Um, so then I went more onto the realm of finding coaches and different organizations that use different methods and try to find information about them and then testing them on myself. Um, not having so much money to buy programs, I couldn't do that because I couldn't afford it. So it was more like using the free information that they share on their different platforms or different coaches in YouTube and whatnot for sure. Emmett Lewis played a huge role in, in this because he put a lot of information uh, out there for free, very available, quite in depth. Um, and since I've been working for them in the last year, I was telling you before we start recording that I think my, my views in methods have probably shifted without me really noticing just because I'm, I'm quite deep in this environment and yeah. I've attended at this moment maybe like four seminars or five seminars of them so it's just receiving a lot of this information and seeing their results and how it works for them um i'm also experiencing myself through training that i'm now on their m3 online coaching so i'm a trainee of their method and it's the period of my life that i've been having the biggest results in flexibility so you're, uh, you're basically getting initiated into the church 100%. of flexibility. I think yeah. I, I, I don't think I can be super biased in terms of methodologies, but <laughs> this is where I think our conversation can be quite interesting when we get into methods and things like this. So yeah, I think, I guess that's my story. How about yeah. you? Um, I actually, I started getting into, uh, got into I started getting interested <laughs> in uh, flexibility on, uh, mostly on the back of a back injury actually coming out of that um uh -huh. i just been having back issues for most of 2014 actually uh -huh. so once i started to get pain free i was also basically made of wood <laughs> <laughs> could barely touch my knees with straight legs just because i mean 
those I mean those those ranges hadn't been available to me because it was painful. Uh-huh. Um, and still wanting to be active, I just felt a bit restricted in things I wanted to do at the at the time. I was doing a lot of kite surfing and just like putting on the board, being able to like grab the board and get my feet into it was super hard flexibility uh-huh. wise. It's just yeah. a lot of basic things were a lot harder than they I thought they needed to be. Yeah. And at the same time, I was getting into. I used to do some, some powerlifting basically, but the back issues had prevented me from doing that. And uh, I started getting into calisthenics instead because that was easier to do without mm-hmm. upsetting my back. Yeah. And there were some moves there where it was easier if you also had decent flexibility. And I think I yeah. just getting got more into this. Like, okay, it would be just cool to be able to do all sorts of cool stuff with my body of and i guess i would have more options more cool stuff options if i had better flexibility more yeah. movement options basically yeah and of course i continue as you got more into handstands and just more into also just flexibility training itself yeah getting initiated into uh, initiated in, in the or getting introduced to to the circus world a bit yeah slippery slope I could bet that also our personalities have this component of trying to understand things. We like to, when we get into something like this, where there's like a complex uh, system of different layers of how things affect each other, and it's not really even clear completely why things happen and what affects what. And then it's this like, we're very nerdy in in, in regards to this, where we like to, to dive deep to understand these things. So I think that... I could see that for you as it happened to me uh, playing a, a big role when when yeah. testing things out and seeing how things work and yeah you do a pnf and then suddenly you have more range <gasps> how did that happen uh, it's magic yeah but i think also like from an academic standpoint it was also reading up on the research and just seeing there were so many like unknowns or badly lit areas mm. poorly lit i'd say like Fully researched. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Which to me, it's still, still wild nowadays. Yeah. Like how, like, I don't know, we've been researching strength for for decades and decades, and then still flexibility was this one thing. Uh, either it works for flexibility or it doesn't. It's like not, not considering the different types or different, yeah, I don't know. To me, it was super wild how... Because, I mean, the research is happening now. It's not like it's revolutionary using new technologies that were not available back then. No, but when did you, uh, when did you do your research? Because your, your thesis, because when I did my master thesis, there were, I mean, quite a lot available also in different types. Uh-huh. And comparing the effectiveness, but just like, even though it was a meta-analysis, for example, uh, there's this one by Thomas et al. from 2018, I think, uh-huh. about the different topologies of stretching. Yeah, yeah. Like for me, it was before different, that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> di- different stuff. But but um, which is an interesting paper. Go read it. But it's also like uh, the papers that are included in it. I mean, there's a lot of them also hard to compare because of yeah some methodical uh, issues as well. Yeah, like the way that that the intensity, for example, while stretching is defined, can differ a little bit, and often mm. it's like to the point of discomfort, and it's like. Mm. I think there's, I mean, there's also an inherent but, um, limitation yeah. in, in flexibility research where uh, like to, to properly test changes, it takes time. So it's just really hard to do research that lasts three months to compare properly methods, which I think is with strength. I mean, it still takes time to make big changes, but you can see uh, changes shorter or like earlier, and then it's just easier to to apply methodologies for a period of four or six weeks and then and then have like uh, results and, and then be able to to develop in, yeah. in, in that way the body of knowledge. Yeah. And I think also in, in regards to flexibility it might also be that, that some of the the specific adaptations might might take longer. I mean we don't know for sure how much time is an uh, is a factor for, for these different kinds, but yeah. but it might be also depending on the type of, I mean, how you're training the flexibility actually. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah and I, I don't know. I feel like there is, is one of these um, 
it's one of the things that the body can do that has a lot of different factors affecting it and different factors can affect it a lot which makes it even more complicated to to understand properly even like psychological factors can have a huge impact in in how you express range of motion or flexibility which you can argue that happens the same with strength but i think it's less um it has bigger bigger changes or bigger influences in, in flexibility in this regard. Yeah. And I think you're absolutely right. But I think a lot of the factors that affect strength, we just like look at, at general categories, like psychological factors can affect it, mood otherwise, and mm -hmm. things like this. You have some neurological factors, and then you have the morphological factors, like the things that are related to actually the muscle, the tissue, mm -hmm. the tendons. And I think they're the same three categories very much applies to flexibility training. If we're just talking purely physiological. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then of course in flexibility training there are also like we know there are some morphological factors that, that are relevant. Like of course muscle and, and tendon stiffness, something we can actually measure. Mm -hmm. But then you also have something like uh, like nerve tension and also the fascia might also play a role. Um, yeah. And all of these things yeah. are also on top of the fact that the people you are researching on or like the people you use as a sample for the research, like certain methods will have very different effects depending if the method is new to them or they've used it before, if they're trained people in a specific type of sport that use different um, aspects of flexibility regularly, um, which I think is where where there's some papers that show different results for the same method and all of these things are playing a role in, in affecting this result. Yeah. But as we look into the strength training review and strength training research, I mean, it's well established that, of course, strength training is effective for improving strength and uh, making the muscles grow. Uh, even though some uh, research doesn't like find this effect. Uh, but maybe it's because of a poor protocol, or maybe they were unlucky with the participants, maybe there weren't enough, things like yeah. that. Yeah. And again, this also partly applies to the flexibility research, right? There are also uh, some papers that don't find, for example, that passive stretching doesn't improve flexibility for this in this, in this, uh, in this paper. Uh, but if we look at the body of evidence as a whole, there's, there's no doubt. I mean, all the meta-analysis yeah. show very clearly yeah. that it's, it's an effective method. Yeah, like I think it's really important on this. I mean, we're now going into a conversation about more, more about how to interpret scientific uh, results, and and there's a lot of nuances involved usually. And like the fact that one article says or found a result doesn't need to necessarily mean that that's the truth, right? Because there's there's a lot of things to have in consideration there, which is what makes makes it hard to find absolute yeah. truths in this regard. Um, Maybe you can um, find... <laughs> for, for later episodes, I mean, we could also choose to like just dissect a few articles. I think that could be interesting yeah. as well. That could be super interesting. Yeah, just takeaways, which would be really critical about in this, yeah. Yeah. Problems with the methodology, stuff like this. That might be interesting as well. But then maybe well. just to move on with time, because I know you will need to go and pick up your beautiful uh, yeah. baby in around 15 minutes. And I think we have a couple of subtopics that are super interesting um, to talk about. Definitely. Um, like one, which I think is, we could have a whole episode about this, uh, is if you've heard or known any, um, what, what are common misconceptions you've heard from general people or clients in regards to flexibility? Um, I think this could be one super interesting to talk about yeah. Does, does anything come to mind right away? Uh, like a few things. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, first of all, there's one that the, that stretching doesn't work, for example. Mm -hmm. And I think just like, the uh, <laughs> first of all, the research very clearly shows otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And also practical experience from anybody who has actually spent a decent amount of time working on flexibility by stretching. Yeah. They see some improvement. Yeah, I think here, so like, there's two things with this um, statement. One is like, uh, what what is stretching for you? What do you mean with stretching? And the other is, 
it doesn't work for, meaning what are you, what, what is the result you're expecting to find? Yeah. Because I think those two points are quite important where people sometimes think that training flexibility is just bouncing a little bit on your feet, trying to touch the floor and then, oh, you do that at the end of your strength training session for a little bit here and there, and then, oh, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and that would be very similar as going to the gym, picking some random dumbbells that are light, moving them around and then saying, oh, I don't get stronger. So lifting weights doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like <laughs> flexibility training also needs to be structured training. Yeah. At least if you're serious about, about getting some improvements. And then it's going to be, yeah. you're going to be lucky if you're going to be seeing any major results from just doing random shit. I mean, you might yeah. initially see some results. Yeah. And I think there is where there's some important factors, like same as in, in strength training, you have some principles that, that are important to take a look at and use, use them to program your training. It's the same with flexibility, right? So you have the same, not in the same way perhaps, but like things like you need to work close your, with a high intensity to see results. You need to have some sort of progression model where you make things harder. Um, and then there's of course a lot of different methods regarding the, regarding developing the different aspects that affect how you express the flexibility, right? You could work in more like the, the capacity of the muscles to actually lift the joint in, you know, like the strength in the shortened muscles. You can work in yeah. the capacity to hold tension and strength in the lengthening muscles. You could work in the being able to be calm at the end range of motion and step, spend time there just to make the body, the nervous system, your head used to be there. Like all of these things are different aspects of flexibility and you can apply different methods to train each of them. So it's like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think exactly. we talked once before, I can't remember, but like, didn't we talk a little bit about m measuring the goals? Yeah. I think when we did talk about the nonlinearity of flexibility training. Yeah. We, we got a little bit into this as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which you is the same thing like, episode as well. Yeah. Like when, when you're training flexibility, I guess most people think about depth or just increasing the range of motion. So how much you can open the joint, uh, in, in that state, in that way. But there's also factors like, can you hold your body weight better? Can you hold more weight while being there? Can you have more comfort? Is it easier for you to access that range and you don't need to warm up for half an hour or all of these factors? Yeah. And I mean, comparing it to strength training, I mean, going deeper would be, I mean, we could, um, it's sort of the same as, as putting more weight on the bar, right? Increasing mm -hmm. your, your one RM, the maximum weight you can lift one time. Yeah. But you probably won't be able to do that every session in strength training either. Uh -huh. So you might have to spend some time working on like at a lower intensity, just increasing the amount of, of reps you can do with a lower weight. Uh -huh. And also strength training, we can also, especially if it's a technically, um, a hard exercise. We could also look at qualitative uh, uh -huh. uh, improvements. Yeah, yeah are you exactly. doing the same movement, same weights, but with more control? That's also a kind of improvement. Uh, That's also progress. Of course. Yeah. And also, and I mean, like in the context. Sorry, no go. <laughs> and also being able to lift the same amount of weight without any warm up. I would also say that's also a mark of progress. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like it's very important to to have in consideration the context in which you want to use that strength uh, or flexibility because another another example of clear progress would be resting less so until you can use the same amount of strength right like so you can leave the bar resting three minutes or resting two minutes is very different and could be the okay. same in terms of flexibility yeah and I think also, in, in my opinion, often if I work with people who, who are into flexibility, it will be because they want to use it for something else. Uh -huh. Or they just want it because if they're really restricted, maybe a, there's part of the parts of the everyday life where they feel that things are like harder than they need to be. Like tying your shoes, okay, it's hard to get into a squatting position. or yeah. It's hard to get my arms up overhead for this uh, when, when reaching for things. And once you start to actually see the improvements either in your discipline or in your everyday life, that things are getting easier. That's, that's when the progress gets me really meaningful in, in, in my opinion. For sure.
for sure. Another misconception that I hear a lot. Oi, somebody's ringing my bell. <laughs> I guess we're just uh, gonna cut out this part where Andres is uh, leaving me alone. That's yeah, how it probably. is sometimes. Never mind. I guess they ring the wrong place. Oh well. So another misconception. <laughs> As I was saying before, they ring the bell and I needed to run away. Um, another misconception that I hear a lot is this idea, which uh, maybe maybe it's not so common anymore, but I still hear it now and then. This idea that you cannot be flexible and strong. That is either or. <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a classic one. Yeah. And I yeah, guess that's... in certain contexts it it sort of kind of maybe makes sense to think in this way because there there is some methods of developing flexibility where you focus a lot on this passive flexibility where you don't focus in developing the strength and the control over that range of motion and you you get used to floppity flop in the positions. And for some people, this works quite well, and they find progress in this way. But then they find themselves that the problem is not that flexibility made them weak; is that they never trained strength. Yeah. So and I, and I yeah. think actually the, the opposite is actually true. You you can get stronger by stretching. Exactly. Exactly. And, and this has been quite well established. And I mean, of course, it makes sense that things like. Uh, Stretching techniques where you're using contractions can make you stronger, and they're also more potent for it. But but static stretching can also be effective both for maintaining, um, for, for maintaining some sort of both mm -hmm. uh, hypertrophy uh, like muscle size and strength, but but yeah. can also be used to build those qualities. It just takes either very high intensity or a very high volume, or possibly both. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I guess, so, we could we could go into methods of training flexibility, which which we should write as a topic for another full episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, because in itself is a huge topic. But for sure, there's you can literally gain flexibility without without doing passive stretching, and this also works well for some people where you only focus in developing strength at the end of the range of motion. For example, lift your leg as high as I ca as you can and hold it there. Uh, for periods of time, maybe do five, six repetitions, 10 second holds. You're developing a lot the strength of the hip flexors to hold the leg. And in time, if you develop this a lot, you will gain flexibility so your leg can lift higher. And yeah. you're becoming stronger. It's literally strength training. Exactly. And I think um, like the next next thing we also had is like how to start improving flexibility. But maybe next time we're going to talk about or one of next time or very soon we should talk about different methods of, of developing flexibility yeah and maybe put that into that category as well uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. because there's no really one answer to how to start uh, improving flexibility but one thing i will say in regards to this that i think uh -huh. is super interesting is that usually when you t when you do studies on flexibility and how to improve it you also take a lot of the time people who are not used to doing anything like untrained individuals uh -huh. And uh, what I find interesting is that um, a lot of the time, if you take people who are untrained and make them do something other than stretching, make them start running, yeah. we can start weightlifting or whatever, they will actually also improve in flexibility. Yeah. So basically, if you're a couch potato and you have really, really very poor uh, flexibility, <laughs> yeah. just doing any kind of movement yeah. will help you get flex more flexible at the start. Mm. Also because, I mean, Running, like long distance running in, in, in particular, wouldn't be something I'd recommend for gaining flexibility. No. Uh, like if that's something you want to pursue. But if you're just like somebody getting off, you know, getting started with something, and you also need to improve flexibility a little bit for, for functioning, yeah. you maybe start with the other things because you're going to get a little bit of a, of a free gain in flexibility uh -huh. probably at, at the start. Same thing for... Um, like just regular strength training where you're not focusing on maybe increasing range of motion so much where flexibility is not 
really a focus in your in your strength training sessions. Yeah. I mean, powerlifting, for example, is probably not great for developing flexibility. <laughs> but uh, if the movements you're using in powerlifting are already challenging for you flexibility-wise, it's exactly. probably pretty great for developing yeah. your flexibility. Yeah, and I think this is one of the main sources of a lot of these misconceptions that come from anecdotal situations of specific people that have experienced things on themselves and then they go out there preaching the truth uh, just because it worked on them in that situation. And yeah, it's super important to know that when you're starting to learn something, I think this applies to basically everything you can learn, whether it's something uh, uh, brain-wise or body-wise, right? Uh, at the beginning, almost every method will help you develop just because your level is so low that almost yeah. everything will help you gain something. But once you're a little bit initiated in whatever skill you're doing or physical capacity you want to develop, then is when certain methods become more effective and efficient um, to keep developing. And this, yeah. I think, is where where I feel like, yeah, the scientific world is now starting to catch up a little bit. It is where you can find a lot of successful coaches with methods that that have had enough clients passing through them to start like filtering the methods and and finding things that work in that way for a lot of people yeah and i think this about you know you're saying like the more you get into flexibility the more you probably need to find effective methods of training it and yeah. i mean that's that's true for any kind of, of physical capacity right same for endurance training, same for, for, for strength training. Uh -huh. In the beginning, uh -huh. you can just walk in, look at the weights, and you get stronger, basically. Yeah, yeah. You don't need so much structure, but if you want to continue getting stronger, then at some point, you're going to start to actually putting things into structure. Yeah. yeah. And definitely, it's where it's things like the background that you did is going to play a role, or like, yeah, for you specifically, you've done a lot of yoga and passive stretching, then you would benefit from putting more strength work in your range of motion versus someone that is very used to do active uh, strengthening exercises and maybe including a bit more passive stretching would be what makes the change for them. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure I completely agree that I think the, uh, the scientific world has, has just uh, has completely caught up with how we're uh, actually working with it in practice. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, somewhat. For sure. Um, I mean... We are starting to see strong evidence that strength training can be very effective also for, for developing uh -huh. flexibility. Yeah, and there are some strong scientific points for like how, what, what do we do if we also want to get some morphological adaptations in, in a decent time span. Uh -huh. um, but I still think like especially like how to combine or the effects of combining different uh, different ways of working on flexibility. Like for example, both combining in-range strength with passive stretching. Yeah. Maybe also with some dynamic work. Okay, how does that work? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, definitely it hasn't cut up at all yet. It's more yeah. like, I think they're starting to go a bit more in this direction, but one thing that I feel, and I don't know how this could happen, but if scientific groups of people that are pushing for research would get together with coaches that have been working for many, many years and get together in, in testing things out like that, I think it would be a, a, a huge step forward for the for the body of knowledge of the scientific community in this regard. Because there's a lot of times that you read what they're doing and it's like, this makes sense when you try to test physiological things. So give, okay, we want to test if like this specific response from this part of the tissue of the body makes sense. But from the point of view of coaching, it's like, we, we've been doing these things already. I don't know, like, you know, like there's a lot of methods that prove that the researchers are not coaches that haven't been working with people finding results. And it's a bit like disconnected in this way where the people yeah. that are trying to find the truth have not so much experience working with people and the people that have a lot of experience working with people are not interested in scientific research and finding the truth. So there's like yeah. a lack of overlap there. Yeah. Definitely, I agree. But I also think it should be noted that there are also some high-quality protocols being used in, in some of the research, uh, in my opinion. Yeah, and actually, like, 
thinking about, okay, maybe we should increase the amount of time people spend stretching over time, like actually adjusting some variables along the way. Um, yeah, because that's one of the things that's been done earlier is you, said pe you tell people to stretch like 30 seconds, this muscle mm. group every day, and just like yeah. do the same every day. Yeah, yeah. Instead of maybe, uh, for example, just over time, increasing the duration of the stretch would be one way to progress, yeah. actually, yeah. the stretching. Yeah, then some progressive overload to it, no? Exactly. Mm. Yeah, or there's some brutal methods out there, like holding a, a calf stretch uh, with an intensity of 8 over 10 for 3 minutes, and then testing if you can jump and it affects the power output. It's like, well... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah, that's... One, one of the study we did for, was it 5 or 7 days a week? That's nice. Yeah, exactly. Also doing that every day for 6 days straight. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But um, I'm wondering how much free, how much time do you have left? Uh, um, I think we should start the... wrapping it up. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we've covered a lot of things here. No, is there anything, yeah. any other misconception or common mistake that you're like, I want to mention this before we finish off? <laughs> I think a common mistake for us is uh, setting the bar too high for how much we material want to go through. <laughs> 100%. That's the thing that comes mostly to mind yeah. now. Yeah. Either how much we want to cover or how much depth we want to go in for every topic we cover. Exactly. Yeah. All right, let's finish off here. Yeah. Um, I want to say something that we never say, but I think it's important as a podcaster. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a little review in whatever platform that you use. Hopefully, close to five stars would be better than less. Um, if you have any thoughts about... Uh, feedback or anything like that, please just reach out to us. We would be happy to hear anything, questions about the topics, suggestions for us to improve what we're doing here. And otherwise, I guess this is a goodbye. Thank you for so much for listening uh, to us again. And we hope to have you next time as well. Peace out. Peace out. <laughs>